everybody, welcome to a Friday mishmash edition of Spits and Suds. So glad to be with you on this Friday. And joining me is, I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. And joining me is, for Friday's edition, as he usually does, Sean, Sh- Sean Shapiro of EP Ringside and Shap Shots. And how are you today, sir? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It's uh, it's 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 a Friday. It's uh, it's actually my wife's birthday this weekend. So nice. Uh, gonna try and uh, do some nice things for my wife. Took the kids and I went uh, shopping yesterday. Kind of got got a couple. Uh, let, let the gave the let, let the kid let the two year old and the four year old kind of uh, try to get mom a present. So try to. Be a good uh, husband and dad this weekend is the plan. So okay. that's that's, like, that's 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 where life is right now, and that's what's important. All right. So as a mid-December birthday, I always got growing up. You know what? We're going to give you a combined gift at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And when I got that gift, you know, you're not going to say anything, but you're like, really, yeah. this is combined. <laughs> now I say yes. that because Valentine's Day was on Tuesday, and her birthday this weekend. How does the husband play it? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's much more of a. Uh, I mean, for Valentine's Day, we did a we did a nice like lunch on Tuesday, and I made I made I made lunch at the house. We did like a nice lunch at home and everything like that, and just kind of is another day to just kind of celebrate. But it's not uh, it's not as big of a it's not as big of a thing just because of. Uh, not in a bad way. It's just it's just kind of morphed into that where it's we, we do end up doing a bigger thing for her birthday and we just kind of uh, make sure to acknowledge it and, and have a nice meal and find some time to ourselves. And that's uh, that, that that's kind of that's kind of what it becomes. Man, that's a better Valentine's Day than me dealing with Bruins fans. <laughs> <laughs> that was not fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, boy. But uh, Craig and I talked about that uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Of course, he blamed me. Um, mm-hmm. basically the people sitting next to me, it was a girl and a guy and she was yeah. taking a, a selfie of them. And I said, Oh, let me, let me take the picture. And he's like, he started like get, getting after me. He's like, why do you have to do this? Now she's going to want seven F and pictures. Oh, wow. And I'm like, Oh, okay. It's Valentine's day. And, <laughs> and that just kind of started a kind of an avalanche of, uh, attitude throughout the night. So it was, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's that's fun. I would say in, in air quotes on that. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. You know, it is it is what it is. It is what it is. So, um, I didn't show up on TV or no memes, so I think I did okay. So yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. All right. So on Shap Shots, you kind of harken back to your Dallas beat writer days, um, mm-hmm. and you wrote uh, a, an article on the stars. And tell me about it. Yeah, I just did the. I did the one thing I did from my time in the stars before when I was covering the team is I would, I always liked doing the stars 2020. It was the, uh, it's a concept I liked from how to deliver a game coverage and collection of notes. And uh, earlier this week, I was watching that game. Um, I had about like six, I had like seven or eight notes already just like jotted down, just sitting like typically um, one of the, one of the great things about, the setup that I, it's actually kind of funny. Like I have a being in the Eastern time zone, being in Michigan now and everything like that. Um, 
when the stars play an 8:30 game it's actually great for me because i can still get all the family stuff done i can get in 7 30 central like that's an 8 30 start for me so it's i can get all the family stuff done i can get everything done with the kids and then i can actually watch the game from start to finish without uh any interruption so that's how that game i'm watching that game i'm just i always have like a notebook around somewhere sort of jotting things down i'm like i got enough here to write something yeah at length and a little bit longer and kind of and so i pulled out the old 2020 format and thought it was a I thought that stars Bruins game just from a storyline perspective. And I mentioned this on Twitter, like if I had told you three or four years ago that Taylor Hall and Tyler Sagan, would be playing against each other in a stars Bruins game. And it would be like the hundredth biggest story of the game. You would have never believed me. Yeah. But like that's just like, that's how many storylines just came out of that game between obviously Jim Montgomery's return to Dallas between the, best team in the east the best team in the west between Jake Ottinger playing against the, the playing against Boston where he, he always has a bit of those ties like mm-hmm. it was just such a a story filled game and it was uh no it was just it kind of felt like it, it was it was worth diving in on and so it's uh it was on that game itself I'm sure you and uh Craig talked about this week but I just on that it's 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 one of those games where combine it with the Tampa game and it's Dallas is still, I think if they were in the East, you'd be a little bit more concerned yep, about yep. those, about those results, because you'd think like, man, we got to get through the East and we got to survive this and rounds and rounds of this in the East. But I, I still, I, but I think what it's, you'll only have to, to win the cup as a Western conference team, you only have to beat one Eastern team. And the stars were in both of those games one thing goes their way one way or the other. And primarily we're talking about finishing on the power play here. They win those games. And I I think um, the stars aren't worlds away from the Bruins and the lightning. The Bruins and lightning showed why they are the tops and they're, they're, they're in that top tier, but the stars did show by my view in that game, they showed they were, it's, it's a series with those teams and when it's a series, any team can win. And that's, and that's, that's good. So um, obviously you, the end, the end, you, you want the win. You want to be able to, to not lose in the last minute of regulation and then not lose an overtime where you had a power play opportunity. But I think the body of the work and you talk about the process was the stars, um, at least acquitted themselves in the right areas that hopefully apply. I mean, the whole stars overtime in the regular season scenario is just, it's just wild to think about where one of their biggest weaknesses, thankfully for them won't impact them at all come playoff time. Yeah. um, The thing that Craig and I talked about that really stuck out in the game, especially going up against Patrice Bergeron was the 81% face-off win rate. Oh, that Uh, was, yeah, that was remarkable. It was. was. the fact, I think Pavelski was 10 for 10. I don't have the yeah. stats in front of me. Like, and like uh, Sagan was like 17 and one or something like that. Like the fact that they dominated the face-off circle the way they did and um, against a team, um, against a team that we know very well in Jim Montgomery puts a ton of emphasis on face-offs. Like that was, uh, that, was in, that was, that was impressive. I mean, and Bergeron is still, He's getting up there in age, but he's still second in the league in faceoff percentage. Mm-hmm. Like it's sixty-one percent, so it's not. Um, it really kept him in the game because the Bruins yeah. were applying so much pressure 
um, that there was so much time spent in the star zone that those face-off wins really helped them as far as getting it out. And uh, I thought they came out in the second period and played much better. Um, you know, third period was kind of, you know, back and forth, just a couple unfortunate slight mistakes, um, you know, led to some goals, but that's what good teams do. They take advantage of those. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it was, it was a, one of those, it, it was, it was a, it was a great game. The only thing that concerns me, Sean, is that I understand it goes away in playoffs, but these points, and the reason I say that watching Colorado play Minnesota the other night. It's official. I raise my hand. I'm scared of them and do not want to face them in a first round. So those points, I want to win that division so I can avoid Colorado in the first round. And and that's definitely fair. Like that's, that's not, uh, um, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely something where it comes into play and like the 11 overtime losses, that's something you're getting frustrated about. The other thing is, and I saw this the other day, the stars have, and you talk about, you can, and once again, you can spin things good or bad, right? Um, I saw this stat on Twitter today. The stars have the weakest strength of schedule in the entire NHL for the rest of the season. Uh, and so 30 out of their one through 32, based off winning percentage for points percentage for every team in the league for remaining schedule, stars have the weakest schedule for the rest of the season. The stars lead the, lead the, lead the division. They've got, I think they're they're going to finish stronger than Winnipeg. Um, I don't think there's enough time for Colorado to catch them. Like, I I know it's only two points between them and Winnipeg, but I I feel really confident in them winning the division. Just I I feel more confident in them winning the division than I would have thought earlier in the season. Like, it's just I I don't think there's enough time for Colorado to catch them. I don't think Winnipeg is as gonna is is built to close out the season as strong. And I think combine it with the stars schedule and combine it with how they're playing against these top teams, even though they lost in two tight ones, I feel really good about Dallas winning the division. I'm not sure if I'm blinded by optimism on that or not. I I just, I feel, I don't, I, I feel like the bigger question is, do they win the West outright as opposed to winning the central? And I think that's, that's a great point for them to be at where, we're having that discussion, but that that's where my head's on it. It's mm-hmm. it's not as much do they win the central, it's are do they have more points than Vegas at the end of the season? Yeah, yeah, that definitely is uh that definitely is interesting. I mean, you're gonna have to play teams and you know, that's just the reality. It's mm-hmm. you know, I just I, I would hate to see an exit in the first round. I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but yeah, you know, I, I would just hate after such a great you know, season to have a first round exit, which we know happens in the NHL from time to time. It's one through eight. Well, yeah, that, that two, three matchup in the central is going to be a bit of a war. It's yeah. going to be, uh, it's going to be, um, I mean, I'm, and I think it's going to, it's going to, it's going to feature Colorado and Winnipeg. I think that's kind of how it's going to break down. And it's going to be a series where it's going to be who gets to set the tone because, um, as much as Colorado is the reigning cup champion and plays a style that it's hard to match up with Rick bonus has, and we've seen it in Dallas has been able to muster up a series that can slow down teams like that. And in seven games can really frustrate a team like that. So um, I think it's uh, I think that two, three matchups going to be fascinating. I think Dallas will avoid it. If, if they fall, if they fall into it, that would be disappointing, but I do think they will end up winning this division. 
What'd you think of Jake Ottinger the other night? I mean, I know it's an OT loss, but I mean that was just a, he was great. He that, was great. That that he to was, me was one of a, one of his special performances. He was great. He was. Uh, he is at the spot now where you're talking. You're, you're talking top top goalie. I mean, I, I wouldn't say top goalie in the league because top goalie in the league, there's still I'm still like one game to win. I'm picking Andre Vasilevsky still. But he is in the space where um, he's in the top three goalies in the NHL right now. Just like based off what he's doing between what he's doing between the, the level of difficulty by the by the level of difficulty applied, his performance, all of that. Um, I am so impressed with what Jake Ottinger has continued to do this season, and I love his attitude in Dane Gabe's. I love the swagger of the glove save where the catch it, put it down, oh, stare yeah. the guy down. Like I am the stars. A lot of times teams, I mean, when teams take the risk on a first round pick as a goalie, they, uh, um, this is what you needed to turn into. And, and, and the stars have, have, have hit, have hit, have hit gold on Jake Ottinger. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. It was, it's, it's a pleasure to watch him and, you could tell he was fired up the other night, and he'll be fired up uh, tonight as we tape this. Uh, just released, Jake Ottinger will start in net tonight against the Wild, and uh, that means um, that he will not play tomorrow night against uh, Columbus. So kind of a tight turnaround uh, tonight against Minnesota, tomorrow against Columbus. But uh, I think a uh, good chance to uh, get some points. As you mentioned, the strength of schedule goes down. I know Minnesota's fighting to keep you know, wild card position and, you know, candidly try to get back, you know, as far as or solidify maybe even a third position in that division. But with Colorado playing, that's going to get tough. Um, so, you know, a couple of decent matchups, but they should win in Columbus and we'll see what happens in Minnesota tonight. Yeah. And with the back to back, it's it makes sense too. this is Columbus is the worst team in the league. You play your you play your starter tonight against the divisional rival. You play the backup against yeah. the worst team in the league tomorrow night. That that makes sense. Yep. So. All right. So time to uh, I told Sean prior to uh, press and record, we have two games to play today. And the first will have to do with the stars. And this game is called Will You Pick Up the Phone? So I will mm-hmm. name various NF- NFL, NHL players, and Sean will tell me as the GM of the Dallas Stars if he's picking up the phone. And here we go. Tyler Bertuzzi, Detroit Red Wings. Um, I am picking up the phone, but I'm very weary of Tyler. Like, I was just saying, like, I, Tyler Bertuzzi – He's better than some other options you could add, I think. But right now he's having just kind of Mason Marchment problems where he's a physical, uh, he's a player who, when he's at his best, when he combines physicality and, and scoring. And right now he's just been, he's been dealing with injuries. He's been dealing with slumping. It's just, I, I, I would worry about adding him right now, just with the context of, you already have one guy who you're trying to break out of that. And all of a sudden you're adding another guy. Um, Bertuzzi to me, I'm picking up the phone if I can get the right price, but I'm not, I'm not gung ho about getting it done. Okay. And on the Mason Marchment, yeah. you know, I was watching the replay of that yeah. third period penalty, which could have been real costly uh, for the stars. And 
I, you know, I love his physical play and I love his aggression. I just think so many of these penalties are preventable, Sean. That's the that's the thing. The, the I, yeah. I know a player was coming out. You don't have to raise the stick and take the cross check. You just don't yeah. have to do that. Yeah, I mean that's you know it's one of those things that you know I I know Stars fans I I I can tell on Twitter people are starting to get a little frustrated. I, I know they want him to do well. Um, lack of scoring is one thing, but continuing to take penalties and you've pointed out several times on this podcast, this is an anomaly. It has not happened in his career like this. So, uh, kind of interesting. Okay, the phone is ringing. It's the Vancouver Canucks. Brock Besser is the topic of conversation. Are you picking up the phone? Yes, I am. I'm okay. The, phone on Brett Besser. the um, San Jose that's... Sharks are calling, okay? And you think they're calling about Timo Meyer, but it's actually Nick Bonino they're asking about. Mm, that's a, that's a, that's like, that's a, obviously the Meyer one, you definitely pick the phone up, but the Bonino one is, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't like the, I don't like the cap hit. I, I don't mind the player. Don't mind the player. Don't like the cap hit when there's other ways I could use that cap space for someone else. So okay. if if we're talking about Nick Benino on a closer to the on a closer to a million dollar deal, I'm considering it, but I'm 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 not I don't like the cap hit. Okay, the phone continues to ring, and whoa, it's interdivision, and it's the Chicago Blackhawks, and they have several. So they ask Sean Shapiro about Max Domi, Patrick Kane, or Jonathan Taves. Uh, I would say yes to the Kane discussion. Okay. Um, I would say yes to the Domi discussion. I don't... I'm not bringing in Taves. That's not, I that I don't think, I think the stars already have way too many, like, and this is not to put them like, this is not to rip on, to, to, to rip down what he's done in his career, but Jonathan Taves is just a higher profile going through what Roddick Fox is going right now. Like how many times have we talked about getting frustrated about what Roddick Fox brings right now and everything like that. And Jonathan Taves is just a guy whose prime and ceiling was obviously much higher, but, I don't really see what he adds when um, the stars already have good veteran leadership. Taves is the type of guy you would go get if you didn't have a Joe Pavelski, if you didn't have, if you didn't, if you didn't have that voice in the room. Um, So no on Taves for me, I'm picking up the phone on Kane. I think that's definitely, uh, I mean, he's one of the greatest it's it's, it would be, it would lead to, this is going to be a controversial statement. I realize, but, if you can if you can bring in the greatest American forward of all time, you do it. And I Ooh. know I know Dallas fans Ooh. are not going to like Ooh. that. But, but uh, there goes you do my that, statue of Mike Madonna. It's crumbling <laughs> as we speak. If, if you, I guess, if you did that, all of a sudden you would have the the three greatest. Here, here, I'll make people happy again. You'll you would have you would be able to <laughs> twenty years from now you would be able to say three of the three yes. greatest for American forwards of all time you, all played for Dallas. You stick, would stick yes. tap there to Jason Robertson. Yeah, so, there you um, go. <laughs> <laughs> there, save there myself you at go. the end. Save myself at the end of that. Yeah, one. Yeah, you um, did. Yeah, you, you did. And you could say, you know what, the future greatest American goaltender. We can yes, go with that yes. for now. <laughs> uh, the Domi one can, can intrigues me, by the way. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a guy who could be that a really nice middle of the lineup piece. So yes. he's the one who I think is a little bit more realistic from Chicago, just because obviously Kane's, 
um, Kane's contract is just massive. Even if you're going to retain salary, just it's, it's taken, it's taken, there's a lot of uh, hoops to jump through for both sides. Yeah. And you know what I like about Domi, he's 27, but also the physical presence, he's a scrapper. Um, and the other night against the Bruins, you could kind of see that they were being pushed to the side, the stars being, especially on the power play. They really couldn't get too many people in front of the net um, to, you know, get a screen in front of Allmark. Uh, Pavelski tried his best, uh, but even the tips he was trying to make, it, it felt as though he was, you know, kind of out, not right in front of Allmark. So it would be nice to get a scrapper in front of the net. Uh wanted to throw out Bo Dog uh, when we were talking about Patrick Kane. The odds, uh, they came out, will Patrick Kane play after the, where will he play after the 2023 NHL trade deadline with the Blackhawks minus 125, Carolina plus 500, Bruins plus 700, Maple Leafs plus 700, Vegas also at 700, the Rangers at 800, Colorado at 1,000. So they did not list the stars um, on there so uh, doesn't to, to me it feels like it's going to be like I, it just feels like carolina or vegas end up being the yeah like just because those are the teams where we've seen vegas's willingness to both of them have ownership have owners who are willing to uh upset the apple carts to bring in a bigger apple right like i think i think in boston the team is so good right now and moving where it's like you're not going to be um, to to make a cane trade work, you got to get rid of something else. And so I think with with Boston, there's just so much of a. I, I don't I don't see I don't see them being able to give up the return to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't think it would even be worth it with how good that team's playing right now. I think sometimes when you look at how good your team is, you embrace that this team is this good for a reason. Yeah. Um, Carolina and Vegas would make sense to me. Um, I think. Vegas is going to Vegas is always wants to be in on things. They have an owner who's big on into that. And they have obviously some of the space where they can ideally get something done with the, for them, they'll have a Mark Stone's LTIR situation. So they have some space to work with. Um, and Carolina, if you're looking at how do we climb into how how do we send a shot across the bow to um in in with to to Boston how do we i mean Kane is not is not a bad pickup there so i would uh I th- those two would be kind of my personal favorites of those okay. two of expe- expectations for Kane okay and we continue playing the game would Sean pick up the phone if he was the Dallas Stars yeah. with the NHL trade deadline nearing uh just a few weeks away and the San Jose Sharks call back and say Timo Meyer is up for a trade. Yes, yeah, definitely. okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to make it work, but yeah. <laughs> no, I know but yes. that's going to be costly. Like, like, yes, yeah, he's going to make some money. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly from the St. Louis Blues. Mm, uh, no, I, I'm okay. not making that. that no, I, I okay. Gavin picks up the phone for this one. Does Sean James Van Reemsdyke? I, I I would for Reemsdyke. Okay. Um, Reemsdyke to me adds someone who can be a bit of a scorer and be Reemsdyke can be a scorer who comes in and adds to that line. Um, O'Reilly, the, the Stars need a, a scoring winger. That's what the Stars need. Ryan O'Reilly doesn't really 
bring that for me, right? So that's kind of why for that's that's why I say no to O'Reilly and yes to Van Riemsdyk. Okay. All right. Lars Eller, Washington Capitals. Kind of on the downswing, I guess. Yeah. What's his uh 33? 33. What's hold on? Let's see. Let's his he's making 3.5 against the cap. He's got pending UFA. Pending UFA make <laughs> put 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 the caps on hold. <laughs> no, no, I I this no on this one. I don't okay. no. Right. Like I, I I see um just because like I look at him and I, I see him him with seven goals in 55 games is is it just I don't I don't really see he doesn't really fix what this team needs right now. Okay. So. All right. We're gonna uh move to defenseman real quick. Justin Braun, okay. Flyers. Justin Braun. So I would, yeah, I'm just thinking about this. Yeah, um, you know, made the move to the Rangers prior to their conference run last year. Stay at home defenseman, up there in age at 36. I don't know. I don't, I don't really, okay. he's not, um, he doesn't really, for lack of a better word, and I mean, he, he doesn't, it's, and I know Stars fans will be like, oh, well, but you already have him and Ryan Suter. Like he and Ryan Suter are very similar players yeah. at this point. Yeah. And I just, I don't, you don't need to, you don't need to do that. Okay. Uh, Chikrin, Arizona Coyotes. Every day. Every, every day. day I'm picking up that call. Okay. I would, I honestly, I would be, he's the guy who in I'm GM fantasy world and he's the guy I would be going after and I'd be willing to. I, I especially with because we're talking about he's a he's a long term play. Um, I'd be willing to. I, I would be willing to put together a package of a first, a second, and Thomas Harley for Jacob. Trish. Okay, I'm doing. I'm I'm doing that. I would Jacob do that Trish. too. Yeah, yeah. And and that's I, I'm. You talk about what this team needs today, tomorrow, and three years from now. It's Jacob Chitron. So okay. Yes. Uh, Matt Dumba. Mm, not. Uh, I just feel like he's very similar to Colin Miller. Yeah. Uh, at this point in his career, uh, ceiling, he was better than Colin Miller, but I think right now he's very similar to Colin Miller. So not really an upgrade. Kind of me. interesting. He's getting scratches from the wild because yeah. he's a physical player and that's what Billy Garen wants, but uh, kind of, kind of interesting. I was shocked to see this name in trade circles, Eric Carlson. And the reason I'm shocked is who's going to take on that contract. Well, it's Edmonton Oilers are trying to figure out their way to make that work as wow. all the rumblings here out of Edmonton. And um, it's, you talk about adding another piece to that Oilers power play. Wow. Uh, if they could get that, I, that's, he's having an amazing year Yeah, and he is, but he's making so much money and it's, how do you, uh, like I think the cap hit is eleven five, yeah, I think. Oh, and yeah. he's got yep. and if he was like if he was a UFA, like, oh my god, everyone in, in their right mind would be lining up for him. But are you willing to hamstring your like you have to think you're going to win the cup this year with him because of um you're hamstringing your cap for five years at eleven five for a guy who is having is is he's having a great year. And if this is what he truly can be. I, it's such a large cap hit and in today's with where the league is right now. And um, 
he's just so fortunate as far as the timing of when he signed with San Jose, because he signed before the 2019-20 season, right before the world fell apart. Like, uh, he's not getting the catch contract he has right now. If anyone, if anyone knew COVID was coming, which is obviously a once a ridiculous statement to say in its own right, I know, but if he had been a UFA in 2020 instead of 2019, he would not have signed for 11-5. Yeah, yeah. The uh, other. A uh, couple of defensemen, Klingberg, which I thought was interesting. Um, he'll end up someplace. And uh, Luke Shen. I like Luke Shen's cap number. I like his physicality. Um, I, I just, my thing is, is that, and actually, you know, kudos to Suter. I thought he played really well against the Bruins the other night. Um, but, you know, I just don't know, because Shen's going to be on your third pairing. So it would just be defensive depth. Uh, yeah, I, 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 like when it comes to adding a defenseman, to me, it's got to be like Chitron. It's got to be a guy who you're like, okay, we can, we can, we can really make our top two pairings that much better. We can upgrade over Nils Lundqvist and Colin Miller. Whether that means playing, whether that means the addition plays with Miro or the addition plays with, like, I, I to me. I, I'm not going after a third pairing guy. I already have enough third pairing guys. It's yeah. got to be a Chitron. It's got to be a guy who, like, the stars, like, if the stars could go get Eric Carlson, great. Like, that would be something that I would like in a vacuum where there's no salary cap. I'd be like, oh, go get Eric Carlson. But obviously, the salary cap and the contracts make yeah. sense in this world. Hey, you know so. what? We don't have to pick up the phone on goalies, but we've talked about him on this show. And I don't want to say it's big swirls. But John Gibson's name's being mentioned in Anaheim, and I know the cap number is about six, so it's it's a good size contract with years left. Um, but at the same time, that solidifies your goaltending, in my opinion. Um, you know, he's been on some bad teams, so just a, well, I'm just throwing that out there. You you talk about so so here's the here's the trade I'd love to see that would never happen because. NHL teams are too scared of trading it in, in, in divisions, but can you imagine just trading John Gibson down the freeway to the John Gibson to the Kings? Just like, that's the trade. Amazing. Like, like you talk, like you talk about the storyline that could never, ever happen because right. of the two teams and, and, and where they are and, and everything like that. But really the guy that the Kings need to, to, to basically, to because I mean actually every team in the every team in the Pacific almost between Seattle, Vegas, and LA, all of them could use John Gibson. Now Vegas, I think, has its uh with with the injury um uh, with the with the injury it's an injury to a young goalie, so they're not looking for somebody long term. But like both Seattle and LA, yeah, in a pure vacuum should be ringing the ducks up to try to get John Gibson there. Uh but just imagine that, just like John Gibson traded for John Gibson traded to the Kings. Awesome. Like that would be, I, I would love that. Yeah. This is hockey and this is the NHL. So it'll never happen. Yep. Yep. But I would love that. I would too. <laughs> I, I I certainly would. It's spits and suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Sean Shapiro. You played that first game. Well, quick second game. I did not want to tip you off because I did not want those hands working on Google. So I found it interesting. And, and I pulled this because I was reading about the stadium series. Okay. Um, that's happening this weekend, Carolina against the Capitals. Unfortunately, Ovechkin's dad passed away. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, 
fans excited in Raleigh, rightfully so, not just because of the team, but because they have a stadium series, you know, new ownership under DFW's own Tom Dundon. And what was really cool is, is that Carolina's season ticket base under Dundon has tripled and they are at a 99% sellout rate this year. So that gives them a good chance of falling into the top 10 in NHL attendance. A wonderful story happening in Carolina. By the way, Cam Ward became the first Hurricane to get inducted into the Carolina Hall of Fame. Uh, the former uh, Con Smythe winner. Uh, he, wait, he was he was in before Brendan Moore? Yes. Really? Yes. I wonder if that's like an active thing. Like, I wonder if like it's like, hey, Rod's still coaching, so we're not going to induct him. That, first that's surprising. Ever. To, first that's, ever. Like, they didn't have, I don't even think they uh, celebrated the Great Whale, to be honest. Right. From the article that's, I read. That's a... That's, 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 that's interesting to me. I would have expected uh, Rod to be the first one to get that honor, but maybe because he's coaching, they want to like hold off or something like that. Rod, Rod was there and uh, celebrated yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was there. That would be, be kind of yeah. weird if he wasn't, right? <laughs> coaching the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know what? I'm Googling yeah. it just to make sure that I was right. Uh, let's see. All right, Hurricanes Hall of Fame, uh, 2022 inductee Cam Ward. Uh, oh, Cam Ward, the winningest goaltender in franchise history, joins automatic inductees Rod Brindamore, Ron Francis, and Glenn Wesley in the Hall of Fame. Okay. So there gotcha. you go. There you go. Gotcha. Kind of right, kind of wrong, I guess. Okay. So. That led me to interesting that Carolina right now is in the top 10 in attendance. And I wanted mm-hmm. to test Sean's skills. Okay. Give me some of the other top 10 Ooh. attendance leaders in the NHL. Because we can all go look at the bottom and say Arizona. But can we look at some of the surprises up at the top? Okay, let's see. So I know this is stuff I should know. And please, um, people that are listening to this, play along yeah. at home. Okay. Um, so Montreal is always going to be up there because they have the biggest building in the league. Number and one. They, and so is it there? I think they're the only one that's over 20,000, right? Oh, you're believe. nailing this, man. 21,000. Okay. They're, but that's, that's just purely knowing building size. So let's yep. be, let's, 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 let's. That's fair. Uh, and I already um, gave you Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Florida already has. I know, not, not not saying Florida's up there, but just talking about building size. Like, right. I think Florida is the only other team that, in theory, if they sold out every game, could be above twenty thousand, just because how big that building is. And okay. obviously, Florida's not selling out every game. And Carolina was number month. eight on this list. Okay, and that's before even the uh, Carolina will bump up too. Obviously, they'll get an influx yeah. of eighty thousand. They'll get in, they'll get the stadium series bump too. So they'll end up even. Just like the year, just like the Winter Classic year, Dallas, I think was I don't know what number, but you. Yep. It's, uh, and to give um, proper credit, yeah. this is from Hockey DB. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna know. Okay, let's see. So we're we're going top. We're trying to figure out top ten here. Yeah. So see, I, I already, I already have. I've got. I've got two of them. I got Montreal and Carolina. Um, I'm gonna go. There's got to be. I know Boston's got to be up there. So I'm going to imagine building size wise, it's probably 
top five. I would hope. I would think Boston's top five. Boston right <laughs> now, barely. I mean, and I'm talking by this is crazy. By uh, nine people is number six. <laughs> so they okay. technically should be top five. Yeah, okay. but they're coming number six, um, but that still makes you three for three. Yeah. Uh, okay. Toronto's definitely Toronto's definitely in the top five. Toronto That's comes in at number four. Okay. Um, Minnesota, if their building is big enough, is top ten. The Minnesota would be like if we were doing like percentage of seats sold and, and like i know minnesota would be in the top 10 but i don't know if their building is big enough for them to be in the top 10 uh, they are number 10 yeah. he got it he's five for five. Oh, okay um i actually know dallas is averaging more people than minnesota so that's actually so i i, I know dallas is <laughs> I, I i saw that i saw that stat the other day because somebody <laughs> was some, somebody one of the uh one of the wonderful stars fans on twitter in their uh uh their needling and trolling of an angry wild fan pointed By that out so 201 so, people per game okay dallas yeah, so is I, number nine six for six okay all right um let's see the have I said I said Boston already? Mm-hmm. I said Toronto. Uh, I mean, by the way, six for ten is yeah. a really good percentage. So, yeah, the I I don't think this numbers I I since this is all reported attendance, mm-hmm. um, and that's what all of these numbers are. So for that reason, I know Detroit's going to be in there, but I don't like having seen a lot of it in person. I know it's not, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like, I know Detroit's going to be in the top 10, but I don't, uh, it's, I, I, I have a hard time believing it because seeing a lot of wings games in person and yep. watching a lot of things on TV, I, I have a, uh, I think there's a lot of people who are just holding on to their wing season tickets and just kind of, and there's a lot of corporate accounts that have them that just don't use them proper, use them yet, and waiting for the team to be a little bit more exciting. So I'm gonna, I know Detroit's in the top ten, but yep. it's uh, you got a, it. Uh, so number three, uh, number three, you have three left. Okay. Um. Oh, Tampa's got to be in there, right? Tampa's number two. Okay. Eight out of uh, ten. You have. Two okay. left, number five and number seven. You're a beast at this is, game. Is Vegas's building big enough? Uh, no, Vegas is twelve. Okay, Vegas is twelve. Um, because if you were going to tell me like lock in without giving me any hints, I would have to say Vegas. But I, yeah, I was yeah. wondering if there'd be. Uh, Vegas would have been my guess as well. Okay, these are. Uh, I got to tell you, yeah. these are the two toughest. So I yeah. mean, up to you if you want to continue, but these is uh, give these, me these, give me okay. Let's let's see if I can get. Uh, there's two left, and, two and what left. what numbers are they? Five and seven. Five and seven. Okay, give me four guesses. Okay. okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I told you. Let's, 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 hey, these let's game see. shows okay. are uh, fun. Um, St. Louis. St. Louis is not. St. Louis is number eleven. So that's your first guess. Okay. And what we're doing oh, is Sean yeah. is guessing uh, average attendance as of right now for the 2022-2023 NHL season. And we mentioned our Dallas Stars are in the top 10 at number nine, a real good attendance year. 
Um, Colorado. Colorado is not. They are 14th. Feels like a building size thing. Yep. 17,914. Uh, okay, so I got two, I got to go two for two. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go. I told you they're unique. All right, let's go New York and Washington. Uh, you got New York Washington. Rangers, New York Rangers and Washington. You got Washington. Congratulations. All right, you missed so, okay, number five. I got number five. Okay, it's got to be. It's it's stupid. It's okay. The fact you said it's stupid, I'm now gonna go down. Like, okay, is it is it like <laughs> Vancouver because it like is. it's a complete crap? You Wait, nailed really? it. It is Vancouver. <laughs> Vancouver, eighteen thousand six hundred and fifty three average attendance. And the only reason I said Vancouver is because I said stupid, stupid. Because <laughs> I'm like the team traded away their captain. Uh-huh. They're actively re- the fans are actively revolting against the team, yeah. and yet they're still. They're somehow top five in the league in attendance. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I agree. And you know what's interesting? Only three of the top uh, original six are in the attendance top ten. So kind of, you know, kind of interesting. What's uh, do you have? Does it have? uh, Does the chart you're looking at? Does it have like percentages? Like of like what? Like what? It does not. It just has average attendance. And but I did based on sellout percentage of Carolina, and that's what got me interested and had me looking. Okay. What does uh I don't know because you're the one that's looking is as far as uh MS for 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 the Rangers for Madison Square Garden is 15. that okay so but as far are they doing I'm curious of what they're doing seventeen thousand eight hundred and thirty I'm curious what that is compared to sellout number like yeah. I I don't know if that's uh because like obviously the Garden always has a big draw and everything like that and I, I wonder if the um. I'm wondering if in my head, the like aura around it made yeah. it bigger in my head. Yeah. I don't know. So, so two for two in game shows today, sir. It was a good one. Yeah. Good one. Right. Nice. So. <laughs> so we will end on that and hopefully four points over the weekend. And mm-hmm. uh, thank you, sir. Uh, a reminder for those that didn't hear, we did a special spits and suds yesterday where we, sat down with Marty Turco and got a lot of cool feedback of Marty really went in depth. That's what I like about the podcast because we really don't have a, uh, you know, a, a amount of time. So he just really broke down how he learned to be such a good stick handler and talked about how the positioning of his fingers on the stick and how that allowed it and how it's emulated kind of by the, others uh, today. So the uh, Turk, he should be like, you talk about a guy who's not in the hall. won't be in the hall of fame, but should be in could be in the hockey hall of fame as a builder it's marty turco for the yep. turco grip the way yeah. he the way he completely changed uh, uh like the way he completely changed anyone who's any non-goalie nerd out there anyone who uh the fat the way goalies hold their sticks completely changed because of marty and it's something where you talk about someone who had a real impact on the on the league yeah so. and I, I told him i said i give you a lot of credit because you're in the community obviously you work for the stars foundation you're at the games you're shaking hands you're taking pictures but when we take a step back you know, you were pretty damn good in your day. <laughs> I mean, when you, you, uh, he should have, he should have won a Vesna trophy. In his yes. First we talked about starter. it. Yeah. He should have. Yeah. 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 No, we, oh. we agree on that. He should have done that. We talked about, um, how hockey night in Canada called him the smartest goalie in the league and, you know, his roots growing up, we watching hockey night in Canada with his dad, how he really 
in juniors was not, you know, he wasn't drafted and how he had to, you know, kind of walk on to the team and what made him decide to go to University of Michigan and that's where he blossomed. Um, so just, uh, you know, kind of, kind of interesting having a conversation and, uh, you know, I love talking about, you know, how he came through the ranks and then with the stars and, you know, the, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, Roman Turk and Belfour and he never thought, he never thought of himself as the person that was going to lead the stars, you know, when he saw those goalies. So then we got into his breweries and, and everything. So it's a really cool conversation. So, you know, when you listen to this one and have some fun today with game shows and uh, stars trade deadline with uh, Sean and myself, go back and listen to the Marty Turco uh, interview. It's uh, really cool. So thank you, sir. And uh, we will catch up uh, early next week. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Okay. And thanks everyone for supporting Spits and Suds. Really appreciate it. Spread the word. It's a local hockey show right here in DFW. And until Monday, we'll talk to you later.